Today's episode is brought to you by Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast. When you think about the future, what kind of technology do you envision? Whatever the future holds, artificial intelligence will undoubtedly be at the heart of it all. Join Graham Class as he hosts Season 2 of Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast, and hear from the minds transforming healthcare, retail, entertainment, personal computing, and more with the help of AI. Tune in every other Tuesday and explore the latest technology that's changing our world today and creating a more accessible tomorrow. Listen to Technically Speaking, an Intel podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up? This is your boy Lil Duval, and check out my podcast, Conversations with Unc, on the Black Effect Podcast Network. Each and every Tuesday, Conversations with Unc podcast feature casuals and in-depth talk about ebbs and flows of life and the pursuit of happiness. Unlike my work on stage, I tap into a more serious and sensitive side to give life advice and simply offer words of encouragement, yet remind folks to never forget to laugh. Every Tuesday, listen to Conversations with Unc, hosted by Lil Duval on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. Presented by AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Get emotional with me, Radhi Devlukia, in my new podcast, A Really Good Cry. We're going to be talking with some of my best friends. I didn't know we were going to go there on this. (laughs) People that I admire. When we say listen to your body, really tune in to what's going on. Authors of books that have changed my life. Now you're talking about sympathy, which is different than empathy, right? Never forget, it's okay to cry as long as you make it a really good one. Listen to A Really Good Cry with Radhi Devlukia on the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Today, we're going to be talking about IBM's role in an educational model known as P-TECH, which was established in 2011 with a mission to empower students with the skills they need for careers in STEM. We'll be talking with Joel Mangan, Executive Director of the P-TECH program at IBM, as well as P-TECH graduate and hardware developer Eric Cholula-Martinez, and P-TECH graduate and IBM apprentice, Suhailia Karamdoran. If you want to hear previous entries in this series, you can simply look up the episodes labeled Smart Talks in our feed from earlier this year. And you can also check out the episodes of Smart Talks on the iHeartMedia podcast, Tech Stuff. And now let's jump right into our conversation. Joelle, let's start with you. Can you tell us a bit about yourself, your background, and how you wound up working for IBM? Yeah, so um, I joined P-TECH uh, just about over a year ago. Um, I am actually a, a recent American. I was born in Africa in a country called Cameroon. And uh, and I moved to the U.S. about eight years ago uh, after, you know, doing work and studying in, in the U.K. and working uh, all over Europe in, in Sweden and Denmark, uh, mainly in, in, in IBM's consulting business. Uh, so I joined uh, uh, our CSR team a couple of years ago, and this has been my most exciting uh, work at IBM, doing this work at P-TECH. Now, what led you to get involved specifically in education? Um, 
education has always played a really important role in, in my life. Um, I have benefited from a lot of opportunities uh, that my, my peers did not uh, get. And the outcomes in our lives has be, is very, very clear to see uh, um, as, as we've all got, gotten older. Uh, also, my mom uh, was an avid believer in, in education. She uh, stopped her education at the age of 13. Uh, and she was so insistent uh, that we get the best possible education that we uh, that we could get, and that we took it seriously. And what was really inspirational was that uh, after she had six children, and she was thirty five uh, at the time, she went back to school and she studied to become a teacher. And she uh, was an elementary school teacher for the rest of her life. Uh, so it's, uh, it's something that has been uh, a really passionate thing in our family. So we work a lot in education, but mainly in access to education. Uh, and this is my first foray really into the systematic uh, part of education. Well, let's talk about, about PTAC for a second then. Uh, so, so first of all, can you just tell us what PTAC is, what it stands for, and then how does it work? PTAC stands for uh, Pathways to Technology Early College High School. Uh, and so now you know why we just call it PTAC. <laughs> um, so uh, PTAC was conceived uh, uh, 10 years ago to have a different and innovative way to tackle the skills gap. I think we can talk about the skills gap in, in a minute, but uh, I'll focus really on how PTEC works. Um, PTEC allows uh, ninth graders in a PTEC school uh, to complete a STEM-related associate's degree and their high school diploma uh, at the same time. So the aim of the program is that while you're in high school, that you complete um, uh, that your PTEC program with uh, a STEM-related associate's degree, uh, uh, as well as your high school diploma, obviously. Uh, so instead of having a, a 9 to 12 model, so the K to 12 model that we're all familiar with is, is a K to 14, which means there's an extra two years that a student may use uh, to be able to complete both the diploma and, and the, um, the, the associate's degree in a STEM field. What is unique about PTEC is the role that industry plays. So there are three parties to every PTEC school. There is the high school, there is the community college, which uh, uh, offers the associate's degree, and then there's the business. Uh, what the business does in PTEC, which, which is really unique in, this pro, in, in uh, education programs, is that it aligns uh, the degree pathway to what is a growing uh, job area, a job area that is in high demand uh, for, for the future of work. Uh, and then the uh, the business provides mentoring for the students, uh, which is to help them build a series of eleven critical skills that are really important for uh, for for work uh, these days. And then uh, the last thing we do is to provide paid internships to provide real experience at work and to expand the network of students, uh, and also to to uh, to demystify work in the in the tech space. And then lastly, uh, the students who complete and become graduates of PTech are first in line to be able to take jobs. Uh, in in the companies that uh, they are partnered with in their PTech school. So Suhalia, uh, can you tell us a bit about yourself and what led you to get involved with PTech? So when my parents started their divorce, I was in my last year of middle school, and my dad was the sole provider of the household. My mom was a stay at home mom, and. The reality for me at that time was, since I won't be with dad, I don't have money for college. And it was really scary. And P-Tech was starting in the high school in our area. And I said, hey, this is a really great opportunity if I get chosen to get a college education without having to pay for it. So when I chose 
to apply, it was just I had a minor interest in tech from when I lived in the Bronx, and I was a part of the Lego robotics team at my elementary school. And I thought if I could just apply that little piece of knowledge to whatever coursework I'll face in high school, then maybe I have a good chance at surviving college and high school together. So do you still have a particular interest in robotics or have you moved on to other things? P-Tech really helped me realize there are multiple sectors in tech and it's just not engineering per se. Right now, I'm a part of the UX design apprenticeship because during my time at P-Tech, I got to be a CSR intern and I got to realize helping people and interacting with people is something I really love. And robotics wasn't anything like that. So it wasn't my passion. And you said, uh, sorry, just for people who aren't familiar, so it's user experience, but what is CSR? Oh, it's the Corporate Social Responsibility Team at IBM. Oh, great. And uh, Eric, uh, same thing. Can you tell us a bit about your background, about uh, yourself and your interests, and and what led you into P-Tech? Yeah. So what led me to P-Tech was I went to the orientation where Rashid Davis talked about... um, how you can get a free associate's degree along with your high school diploma. And I thought, you know, what better way of uh, getting a degree? Uh, it's free. And for sure, I couldn't, uh, I'd probably be in debt if it wasn't for for this program. Um, so I'm very thankful to P-Tech. Right now, I'm a hardware developer at IBM. I What I do mainly is characterize chips and characterize things inside mainframes uh, to better understand our systems and to further progress them for future generations of IBM machines. Now, I'm, I'm curious, well, what does it mean to characterize a chip? So it would just to be to stress test them. Have you ever um, played a video game like have, uh, in terms of like a console or PC? Mm-hmm. As, you, uh, as you could tell, like stressing the system would uh, differ between, you know, playing a game that runs 60 frames per second versus just Googling something. So we're just taking different uh, workloads and uh, seeing how they, how much power, how much uh, amperes and stuff like that the chips uh, would produce when running different uh, stress tests. Oh, excellent. Okay. Cool. Will the new Bioshock melt my computer? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's my question, but... <laughs> <laughs> Joel, let's come back to you. So if you think about P-Tech as an answer, what is the question? What are the problems it is designed to solve? So um, if it, uh, we mentioned the skills gap before. Um, and, and just to explain what the skills gap is, is that uh, in the marketplace, there are, and this has been consistent for, for more than 10 years, uh, the te- technology is changing jobs very, very quickly. So uh, there used to be a couple of uh, companies, tech companies that needed technology skills. Now every company needs technology skills. Uh, and what we've seen is that uh, the, uh, the, the jobs that are available in the marketplace, um, there are not enough people with skills to actually fill those jobs, who have the skills to fill those jobs. The paradox of all of this is that there actually is a large population of people who are unemployed. Uh, and uh, so, so the, the labor market... Uh, has people who could be taking these jobs, but they are not. They don't have the skills to take these jobs. So that's that's the skills gap. That's one thing that PTech uh, is is trying to solve. The second thing that PTech is trying to solve, which is much more fundamental, and it speaks to why we start at ninth grade, uh, is that 
one way of looking at the labor market is to look at what that gap is between uh, the jobs that are available and, and, and the skills. And that skills gap right now, as we're speaking, or, or at least before COVID, was about 700,000 tech jobs that were going unfilled uh, because the skills were not available in the marketplace. The other way to look at that is like, why are they not available in the marketplace? And and if there were, like which types of people do not have access to, to those jobs? So there, there's sometimes where it's not just a matter of skills, but it's a matter of opportunity. So are you getting the option to get a degree? Are you getting the option to get a degree in the, in the, in the right area that puts you on a path to be able to get a job? Do you have the networks to actually get a job? Would you even find out if this job was going in a place like uh, IBM? Do you have the networks to be able to get into that? And so if we look at our society, there are many people who are just locked out of this opportunity. So there's also an opportunity gap. And what PTEC is trying to solve is like in the communities that businesses work in, how can we create a program, a way for people who have talent to be matched with the opportunity to get into these jobs, but also to acquire the skills and the credentials to get to the job. So if you look at P-Tech Design, uh, it, this integrated uh, curriculum where you get your associate's degree and, and the, where the associate's degree is really the output, it's putting you in a place where you can get that job. But then everything about the mentorship and the paid work experiences is about expanding that network and giving you access to where the jobs are. So you have a strong and network, and you have also a strong visibility to be able to get into this into these jobs. So, Joel, this might overlap with uh, the answer you just gave, but maybe this will get at a different aspect of it. P-TECH was created about a decade ago, right, and roughly in the wake of the Great Recession, uh, when obviously the jobs outlook was or had recently been pretty grim for a lot of people. How has the the world changed since then? Does P-TECH still address the same problems it was originally meant to solve or have new challenges and opportunities presented themselves over the, the course of the lifetime of P-TECH? So, so when, yeah, when P-TECH was created, the unemployment rate, I think, was about 10% uh, after, um, you know, the, the financial crisis. Uh, and when you look at these big economic shocks that we get, like COVID and the financial crisis, they always lead to uh, to unemployment. Uh, what has been strange about, um, uh, well, perhaps not so strange because we see the acceleration of technology. The acceleration of technology has only gone faster and faster. Is that even in those times of recession, and even now when you look at COVID, the jobs that still continue to remain unfilled and still continue to grow and be stable are tech jobs. So in a way, uh, P-Tech has, is more relevant now than, than ever. And there's a recognition of that actually in education systems around around the world. So, just in the past uh, eighteen months, PTEC has grown uh, from about in a, from eight countries to uh, twenty five countries, and that's because many policymakers around the world are now really seeing the need to be adopting these types of programs into their public education systems that really better prepare people to fill the skills gap, but also in a way that creates that opens up opportunity. Uh, for people within communities to be able to get access to these jobs. So I would say it's much more relevant uh, now than ever, and we're seeing it uh, in the adoption rates. If you could speak to some specifics and concrete examples, what kind of new tech and tech-related jobs are, are really emerging today and in the near future as opposed to in the recent past? Yeah, so there, there, there are a few jobs that simply uh, did not exist five years ago, but are really very prominent now, or when perhaps we're not as prom- prominent. So so if we look at cloud and DevOps jobs, uh, um, there, there are new uh, versions of those now that are relevant in the marketplace and uh, that have developed. AI jobs are frankly new uh, in, in many areas. 
But then if you look at much more of the stable uh, tech jobs like software development, um, uh, hardware development, which is something that Eric does, um, you see that uh, there's been uh, not only constant, but they're growing. And also what Toyota is doing is, is, is user experience design. We're creating so many more products right now that are in the hands of consumers that are not mechanical anymore, where it's about how the consumers react uh, with products and how they interact with them. So there's just a lot of new jobs that have been created, jobs that have changed. Uh, but the most important thing is that the acceleration of technology means that this continues to, uh, we continue to see a very, very strong demand uh, uh, in these new jobs. So I guess as you just alluded to, it, it's not just that uh, students who are preparing to enter the workforce today need specific technical skills that are relevant to the jobs that exist, but they also need to be able to adapt to a constantly changing uh, set of requirements for for the you know the, the technological world we live in. So I guess this is a question for all three of you. Maybe Joel, we can start with you. Uh, do you think adaptation itself is a skill that can be taught? Uh, if the tech industry is constantly and rapidly changing, does a technology education require training on how to adapt to new skills? I, I think what we uh, what we've all experienced, I guess, as students um, and going through university and going through college um, uh, is that the education system just changes a little slower than the technology space uh, and and specifically uh, tech because tech is just moving so fast and uh, frankly it's hard for any sector even policy to, uh, to catch up um, so what I think is unique about P-Tech in the way that it helps people uh, react to change and continue to learn is this idea that we spend a lot more time with the young people exposing them to what happens in industry. I think uh, giving people a sense of what is happening in industry, uh, having them, giving them the chance to work with mentors, uh, giving them the chance to work with internships, seeing how just the things that they play with in school, how much it changes by the time they get to their internship, how much it changes by the time they get to work. Uh, it gives us, it gives them the same experience as we have at work, where we know we have to continually learn because it's very clear to us uh, in the way we work, uh, just how much things are changing and that we have to keep up our skills. So I think really starting and giving young people that exposure way before they have to face that world uh, is something that I think is a critical component of, of uh, P-TECH. And so, uh, Suhalia and Eric, do, do you have thoughts about this? Did your educational experience or does your educational experience incorporate that feeling, that feeling that you need to uh, learn how to adapt in addition to just learning, you know, what skills are required today? Uh, yeah, I could definitely say that it it's kind of something you learn while in college, or at least I did. It's not about just programming something. It's about learning how to fix it. It's about you know identifying the problem, looking at it through multiple uh, lenses and determining what solutions are there and then eliminating those solutions so you get to the best one. I personally think that learning to adapt doesn't even relate only to tech. During my time in P-Tech, all of my teachers, whether it be in English or social studies, they explained that as time goes on, things have to change. And just because you learn how to do something one way doesn't mean it's always going to be that way. And understanding how to study, understanding how to research are all important parts of adapting and making yourself a better person so you're better equipped to solve problems. All right, let's come back to uh, Joel here. 
Is the need for new technological skills something that primarily affects people in the tech industry, say software and hardware developers, or does this apply to other fields as well? We have a belief uh, in in the company um, at IBM that all jobs are going to be impacted by by technology. So we all, regardless of what we do, uh, when I say technology, the the, the uh, AI specifically and automation are impacting. Uh, all jobs. Um, if so, I mean, if you're if you're a restaurant right now, your interaction with technology is is massive, especially during COVID. Uh, you're probably filling, you know, most of your your orders and your revenue through uh, a tech interface for 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 delivery and takeout during this period. Uh, and that's just a small example. So uh, we believe that no matter what job you're in, uh, it is really important to get to understand the technologies that are. Uh, impacting our lives that are very much in our lives and and uh, and are changing the nature of our work and are changing the nature of our society. Uh, one of the things that we've done alongside PTech is is to create a platform called Open PTech. And Open PTech is really focused on this. It's about like really helping students, regardless of whether they're in PTech uh, or outside PTech, to learn about these key technologies that are really transforming our lives. Uh, and they are um, cloud. Uh, artificial intelligence, there's um, a, a cyber, um, there is blockchain. And so, and the, very much uh, design design thinking, uh, which is a way of how we solve problems. Um, so these are some of the things that are really impacting our lives. And I think everybody needs to understand them because they are impacting society, not just jobs. So I, I'm interested in the way that PTEC fuses together secondary and post-secondary education into one unified pathway. I guess first, uh, Joel, what was the, the thinking behind that design? And then for Eric and Suhalia, what is that experience like? Yeah, I'm really interested to hear uh, the experience of, of uh, Eric and Suhalia here. I, the, the thinking behind that is that pathways have been proven to impact uh, completion. Uh, so they, uh, you see pathways a lot in education programs, and they've been shown that when you have uh, uh, built-in pathways for students, uh, you you help them complete um, whatever you're trying to get them to to, to the goal. Um, so it was, and the other thing is that early college students that take part in any kind of early college uh, ended up going to college more. So uh, those two things that were existing successful things within the education system were brought into PTEC. Um, so this pathway of fusing both high school uh, and, and college uh, was something that was already proven to, um, well, at least the, the early, taking the early college was already proven to work uh, for students. The big difference that we brought in was that there was a real clear goal right now. And the goal was that you leave PTEC with a degree. And so instead of just having early college courses where you can take whatever you like and just have access to early college, uh, this is packaged in such a way that you're taking things that all together actually deliver you something that all of your early college opportunity is really focused on delivering you this, uh, uh, this associate's degree. The associate's degree is really the goal, uh, in PTEC because the high school diploma, um, is something that was created in the, in the agrarian economy. It's not enough anymore to take you to really guarantee you a career. So, uh, but at the same time, you don't need a four year degree to be able to get into, uh, some of the, uh, some, some really good well-paid jobs right now. I mean, 50% of the jobs that uh, IBM is advertising right now do not need a four-year degree. So there was this point about the associate's degree, which is a critical point uh, to get students to, and fusing these pathways together to allow them to have a strong pathway uh, that was guided, uh, where they will be housed in a, in, a, in, a, in a high school and don't have drop-off points where they have to like finish one and then say, okay, I'm going to apply to that and move into a different system. 
those things are proven to help students complete. So that's why the pathway and the fusing of those pathways was important in the design. And uh, Eric and Suhelia, what are your thoughts on this? What, what was the experience like? And did you have, uh, say, friends or peers to compare the experience with who uh, weren't involved in uh, educational pathways that fused together the associate's degree with the high school uh, experience the same way? Yeah, so for me, the experience went uh, pretty smoothly, um, but that was fortunate. Um, I, I think it definitely did set me up for success, without a doubt. In terms of like, I had exposure to robotics as uh, to Haley had, and uh, I did it for basically all my years in in high school, and um, not only that, it it kind of uh, uh, translated into other courses I took at uh, a college level, and in addition to that, it also sets up a nice foundation. So I didn't stop at my associate's degree; I continued to get my bachelor's. Um, it sets a nice foundation in terms of uh, either you could stop at your associates or not and continue with your bachelor's? I would say the P-TECH experience is one of a kind. There's not anything you could compare it to if you've been through the traditional high school model because you're taking high school classes alongside your college classes. And whether that be in the high school or on a college campus, they're very different. And when you have teachers like at my school that weren't a part of the P-TECH staff that would teach you alongside your non-P-TECH student colleagues, it was just different seeing how everyone reacted to certain situations. I feel like P-TECH prepares you more for the outside world, at, like after high school, what that's going to look like. Because during my time in P-TECH, they were like, hey, this is how you set yourself up for the future if you want to have an apprenticeship or an internship. And at the same time, my high school friends that weren't in P-TECH were just going about their high school experience like, hey, there's a football game on Friday. And I was like, I can't. I have a test on Monday for college. I got to study. So P-TECH really teaches you how to manage your time and yourself pretty well. And because of that, I feel like it prepared me a lot better for after high school graduation, what life was going to look like. Oh, that sounds like it comes back to the question about adaptation, uh, the kind of skills that are applied to anything, really. Yeah, and I've, um, I, I, I think, I mean, Eric somehow managed to uh, just uh, sail by. But, I, you know, when we talk to P-TECH students, we definitely see that they, the schedule can be grueling which is wonderful uh, that we have so many students who drive through. And so when we look at the graduates that come, we are uh, to our, to our business who finish this, we're looking at people that we know are seriously motivated. Um, and, um, and I've really shown just by going through this program uh, that it means a lot to them and that they can work uh, and that they can, they can drive through and that they have discipline. So I think when Joel talks about discipline, it, it really sets the P-TECH students apart from traditional high school model students because when you step into the college realm of your coursework, your college teachers look at you and go, hey, I know that you're 16, but I'm not going to treat you like you're 16 because you're being held to a different standard here at the college. And I can't say, you know what, they're 16. I'm going to grade them differently because that's not the point of P-TECH. They're trying to give you the skills that adults have so you can go have a career outside of high school. 
And it was really motivational to be able to see that there were other people like me that I knew that held the same values and disciplines as I did because it made the high school part of my experience a lot easier because there were people whose goals aligned with mine. So it was a lot easier to make friends and have study groups. So Joelle, let's come back to you. What aspects of P-TECH are you most proud of? I'm, I'm really proud about its systemic nature uh, that it is built into the education system. So what I mean is it starts to contribute to the body of knowledge that we have about like how do we think about the education system uh, in the future. So, uh, yeah, so I like the fact that, that uh, it's not like a, a private program that, you know, a company has created on the side. It's actually built, really built in, in within the, the public education system. Uh, where the the responsibility still for for the curriculum and everything is the same as everywhere else uh, in in the public education sector and sector and then the business is coming to augment uh, and add this alignment. The other effect of that is that um, we are reaching in and actually making sure that economic growth is inclusive. Um, so if I just look at our own company. We are firmly uh, creating talent and hiring talent from New York, and we're making sure that by the time we're looking for talent, uh, we are not uh, just looking at those who've like um, uh, you know who've managed to go to Harvard and to MIT. Uh, we're trying to make sure that we go and give access to young people to be able to uh, to you know get the qualifications that they need and build the skills that they need to be able to get access uh, to these jobs. Um, so the talent is there and the talent needs opportunity. So the other part of that I'm really proud about is that we are actually creating opportunity for talented young people to be able to bring their talent to benefit uh, our business. And that way, when we get to grow or when a business is growing and an econo- and the economy is growing, it's, it's more inclusive uh, with P-TECH. So those are the two aspects that I'm really proud of. So uh, Eric and Suhelia, a couple of questions uh, for you two. Um, and and uh, we'll start with you, Suhelia. What would you tell a student who's considering uh, going down this path? Uh, what would you tell them about, about P-TECH? I would tell them it's one of the most rewarding experiences that they could look back on, as long as they're serious about it. When I look at my experience in high school, I would look at the students who didn't take P-TECH as seriously, and I would feel bad because they're missing out on this great opportunity because they don't feel passionate about whatever degree we were earning, whether it be cybersecurity, computer science. So I would tell them if you're not passionate about the degree that your P-TECH school offers, don't feel like you have to apply because someone said this is a good idea and you should do it. As long as you're passionate about what you're learning about and you're passionate about making a change in the STEM field, you'll be okay. And there are going to be so many people you'll meet along the way that are going to help you, whether it be academically or outside of that in your internships. You'll have mentors who will tell you, hey, this is how you overcome this fear you have about public speaking. I used to be really shy. Like something like this would have literally brought me to tears how scared I would have been. But my mentor was there and was like, hey, baby steps. This is how we're going to accomplish being more outspoken and being more of a people person. And if it wasn't for her, if it wasn't for P-TECH, I wouldn't be the person I am today. So I would tell them, be passionate 
and take it very seriously because it's a once in a lifetime opportunity because after high school, P-TECH isn't an option. <laughs> awesome. Uh, what about you, Eric? I would definitely tell them if this is the path they want to take because there are different P-TECHs out there. Like, I, I think there are even some now that are uh, catered to the medical field. Um, so I would tell them to make sure you, that's what you want to do because sometimes you get into it or sometimes you're not really passionate about it and you end up leaving or you end up not caring. Um, oh, and I would also tell them that, you know, definitely um, you're going to have to take some time out of your day to study, take some time out of your day to really just apply yourself because uh, it is it is a workload, uh, but it is rewarding at the end. So I would say that the coolest part of P-TECH is it's gender inclusive. And I'm really proud of the efforts that the P-TECH model puts forward to include females in STEM professions. I remember when I took my first college class, the class before us that was in the room, there were only two girls in the class that left. And the rest of the class was boys. And when my class entered the room, I looked around and I realized there was actually a 50-50 split of girls and boys in that room. And it felt really empowering to know that me and my female classmates were going to be a part of a generation of STEM professionals that younger girls could look up to. And at my school, we had the she can STEM event every March for Women's History Month, which was something I implemented during my time as an intern. And being able to look at middle school girls in the school district and say, hey, I'm a girl in a computer profession, which is really crazy considering anytime you ask them what an engineer looks like, what a computer scientist looks like, they usually say someone like Steve Jobs. And no offense, but it's always a guy. And being able to be a girl that younger girls could look up to was really cool. And P-TECH is the only platform I've ever seen give women a chance to say, hey, I enjoy technology and I'm really good at what I do. So they gave us a voice to be like, hey, I have something I can bring to the table. And it made you feel comfortable speaking out. So finally, uh, Joelle, what do you see for the future uh, for, for this program and for programs like it? Um, I'll start with my hopes. I hope that they continue to to inspire um, policymakers and, and education leaders uh, about how we should be looking um, at uh, continually improving our, our uh, education system going forward with the world that we have right now and with the challenges that we uh, we face. Um, I, uh, I, then this, that's, so that's, that's my hopes. We have, P-TECH is a mature model, uh, right now. It's 10 years old. Uh, and so, uh, it is clear that it's working. Um, there has been a report that has just been published by an independent party, um, uh, MDRC, which, uh, has, has shown, uh, that, uh, students are actually getting better outcomes as a result of, uh, of P-TECH. We're seeing, uh, as more schools mature, that more of our uh, graduates are going to college uh, and getting hired also in companies like our like ours, and those numbers are growing. So, from an impact perspective, we 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 know that it works. Um, so, uh, we are really looking for making sure that um, that uh, we the, the policy uh, policy make, makers uh, get get inspired by it and and and, and uh, take it up and implement it in in as many uh, places as possible. What I'm excited about um, is that 
I think it's a privilege to get to work on some of the problems that we're working on as a company. We, just by the nature of being a large global company, we get to see really interesting problems that are brought to us by our clients that help to change the world. Uh, and I think it's wonderful that uh, we are creating the opportunity for people who are talented, like uh, Suhelia and, uh, and Eric, to be able to bring their talents to work on these types of problems. It's, uh, uh, I think uh, we should make sure that, uh, that people in society get the chance to work on world-changing things. Uh, so I'm really excited by the fact that we are working uh, in areas where we're giving uh, students real opportunity to take their talents and contribute to world problems that they can be really uh, proud of. Um, so, and then, so I want to see P-Tech in more states, in more schools, uh, and just continue to see the, the, the model grow, uh, both in the U.S. and internationally. All right. Well, thanks again to Joel, Suhalia, and Eric for chatting with us today. Again, if you want to hear more from this series, you can look up the episodes of our show, as well as episodes of Tech Stuff labeled Smart Talks. To learn more about Smart Talks, you can go to ibm.com slash smart talks. And to read more about P-Tech, you can check out www.ptech.org. And of course, if you want to hear other episodes of Stuff to Blow Your Mind, you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Huge thanks, as always, to our excellent audio producer, Seth Nicholas Johnson. If you would like to get in touch with us with feedback on this episode or any other, to suggest a topic for the future, or just to say hello, you can email us at contact at stufftoblowyourmind.com. Stuff to Blow Your Mind is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.